Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Dear listeners, thanks for tuning in. It's your homie, Penn, back at it again. This is our second story in our Pins Pal series, all about folks who I know from the Bay who are currently living outside of the United States. Today, we're tapping in with a friend who was in the country of Kuwait. Her name is Aida Rashid. She's a photographer, filmmaker, curator, and educator. I actually met Aida through doing preservation work. About 10 years ago, we were both documenting stories of family and community, and she invited me to interview her grandparents, who at the time had been married for 75 years. After that, Aida and I stayed in contact, and life happened. People's families grew, people moved, and a worldwide pandemic ensued. Then, a few months ago, I got this idea to check in to see what's new. I learned that when she's not with her partner and their lovely children, she spends her days leading classes for high school students in Kuwait. Outside of that, she's currently curating a project called Preserving the Legacy, Portraits and Stories Capturing Black Muslim Life for a digital media collective called Sapelo Square. Aida and I discuss life in Kuwait, depictions of black Muslims in the media, and how she carries the Bay Area with her, no matter where she goes. All of that, after this. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book, I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. I'm excited to learn about where you are, what you're doing, and how, how you're experiencing this thing called life. We could start off by where, where are you exactly? So right now I'm in Kuwait and it's a little place called Maiden Hawali. We moved here back in August of 2019. That's BC, um, before Corona before COVID. Yeah, that was, it was really six months before COVID hit here. 
we were really struggling in the Bay. It was really hard for us to feel like we had some calm in our lives, some peace. It was, it was just always something and we were just constantly working a lot and we just didn't feel like well rested. And our mental health really was like suffering. So we needed like a reset. And then this opportunity came about to teach overseas. Aida's husband, Stephen, found out about a program for educators who want to work internationally. He quickly applied and not long after, was offered a teaching contract in Kuwait. Aida soon applied and was accepted as well. And then the couple took the chance to start anew. We teach at a high school here, a private high school. They pay for our housing and our health care. It's pretty peaceful, like the environment that we live in is it's pretty quiet at night. Sometimes you hear kids playing outside. You know, we, we hear the call to prayer because we live right on the corner from a masjid where people pray five times a day. Yeah, so it's it's a lot, lot different from our experience back back home. You said that in Kuwait, your rent is covered. And just how does that change life for you? It changes life a lot. We've always paid rent, so it's something that we just always do. But I think here what's nice about not having to think about that is you can think about other things, you know, and investing money towards other experiences like traveling, for instance. Like we, when we first moved here, right before COVID hit, we were able to take our first family vacation. We flew to Malaga and then we went to Cordoba and Granada and and that was amazing. And I was just so grateful for that. Another luxury for not having to pay rent is being able to have childcare and not just any childcare, but having someone in our home to take care of our son while we're at work. Our daughter goes to the school where we teach. She's in the elementary section of the school. What do you teach specifically? So I teach design to high school students and it's a problem solving course. So the students are presented with a situation and then they have to solve like a real world problem within their community. And so the students last semester focused on designing fashion designs for people with different, that are differently abled or have like some type of special need. And then this semester we're focusing on creating design solutions for folks who work in a children's hospice. The students are learning a lot about empathy, compassion, care, um, and not just what they think is best, but understanding that in order to create a design solution for someone, you really need to do research, you need to listen, you need to understand what are the needs of the folks that you're designing for versus just coming up with whatever idea you think is best. Most of the children that we work with end up becoming leaders of their country or in their communities. Like they, they end up contributing or they travel and they go to different places in the world and they bring their experiences with them. And so I really look at the course as a way to help prepare my students to navigate the, the, this world that we live in today. That's admirable. And and also, I know it's not easy, you know, like that's some heavy work that you're doing. 
what is the dominant language and how do you navigate any language barriers? So the dominant language spoken in Kuwait, I mean, it's definitely Arabic, but there's different types of dialects of Arabic. I was born and raised in the States in between the Bay Area and Sacramento. But when my family moved to Sudan, my, my parents studied Arabic there. I learned Arabic and I could speak Arabic fluently. And then I lost a lot of it when we moved back to the States. But I can understand when people talk to me and ask me questions. And it's difficult because sometimes I don't know how to respond. I'm starting to learn the Arabic language again, and I'm learning Fosha, which is classical Arabic. It's like old English. Like it's something rare. It's not something everyone speaks. So it, it kind of sounds strange sometimes if you're talking Fosha to someone. Because they'll look at you crazy, just like if someone were to walk up to you in Oakland, they would look at you kind of crazy if you started speaking to them in old English. But a lot of people actually do speak English as well. It's really easy to not have to learn any languages here because everyone really, everyone speaks English, you know. But we, we've been committed to, to striving to learn the language and to strive to, strive to, to communicate with the people that live here in their language. Steven's been doing a better job. He's talking to our daughter and our son in Arabic and reading to them in Arabic now. And so I speak English in the house and he speaks Arabic in the house now so that the kids are hearing both languages being spoken. But yeah, navigating, talking to people, there is this universal language of smiling and kindness and and being like slowing down to to take the time, you know, to to be patient enough to like pull out the phone and share a picture and things like that. But, but yeah, that's how we usually communicate with folks. I hadn't thought about that. The um, advantage of having two young ones in the household is that they are learning language as well. And so as they learn, you can learn right along with them. Yeah. That's so great. And for them to learn multiple languages all at once, it's like, oh, now I'm excited for them and their growth. Um, uh, you and your family practice Islam. And I wanted to, to know how has your experience been with religion in Kuwait? Kuwait, it's a Muslim country. So there's this definitely a tone of like, there's this acknowledgement that the times of prayer, you hear the, the Adhan being called, which, you know, is just a reminder to stop and to pray and to be still and just take that time to reflect. There's always a place to pray, even in restaurants. It's really actually... I really respect it and I really appreciate it because when it's time to pray, you just want to stop and say your prayer and then keep it moving. So it's nice to like go into a mall and there's a prayer area, go into a restaurant, there's a place to pray. Like there's a place to just stop everything to just be in remembrance of the divine creator. And that is something that I love and I just deeply cherish that. Spirituality is also a focal point for Aida's artistic craft outside of her teaching job. She curates an online photo exhibit showcasing the work of a pair of photographers who are documenting Black Muslim life in the U.S. It's one way she's tapped into what's happening back in the States. It's a collaborative project between Savalo Square and two photographers, uh, Raj and B. Walker. And it's just an online exhibition that features traditional portraiture and statements from Black Muslims across America, those coming from the African diaspora and those like born and raised from like the African-American experience. 
It's really just to be able to allow folks to hear from and actually see folks from the Black Muslim community to learn more about the stories and to hopefully make some type of connection to their own stories and their own journeys so that they don't feel this disconnect. We should get to know one another so that we can not fear the other, but to embrace, you know, someone who's maybe different from you. And I don't really want to be a footnote in someone else's history book. Like I really want to have books written about our stories and our history, because I think it would help create <laughs> solutions to some of our <laughs> bigger problems that we that we face if we really just look at the full picture, you know, not just some of it, but really look at the full picture of how did we get here? How are we where we are in specifically in America? How do you carry the Bay Area with you individually? You know, one thing that I really love about the Bay is the ability to easily get shea butter, like at the Berkeley flea market or or the, excuse me, the Ashby flea market. There's just shops around where you can just buy shea butter. Like we use shea butter as our moisturizer. (laughs) Even though shea butter isn't something unique, you know, to the Bay Area, but it's just, it's just something that reminds me of home. And so we find our shea butter. It's really expensive here because it's imported. I think I have some shirts from Oaklandish and like I have like power to the people shirts, like with Black Panther on the back. You know, I like, I have these little things that remind me of of back home. But I think it's really just the spirit, the energy, the, there's a consciousness that I carry that I know I get from the Bay. There's a, a calmness and there's a fierceness, you know, there's, there's a seriousness, you know, so the person that I am, the way that I talk, the, the way that I communicate with my students, with I, I I build community like I feel like all of that is is connected to the bay and um yeah I think that anyone from the bay area I think can relate to this but you just no matter where you are in the world you you bring that spirit with you and it's it's like none other like there's nothing else like it around the world bless that yeah that's beautiful and it's an energy you carry it with you and it's it's in you you said it's literally in your DNA but it's also in the, the items that you have around the house. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that. And that's a strong statement. You carry that Bay Area energy with you wherever you go. I'm wondering, what would you do if you were given the opportunity to write a letter back home? What would you tell folks? What message would you share? It's really important if I could say something to my folks back home in a love letter, I would just say, you know, All of us are living our lives and we're having very specific experiences. And as I like to call them workshops, and there's always something to learn, you know, in whatever workshop that you may be experiencing at the time. So no matter what it is, just know that uh, you're gonna learn what you learn in this particular workshop, and then you're gonna move on to the next one. And so the key is to, to be present to be patient, to persevere. And uh, if you're a person that prays, lift up a prayer. That's presence and patience combined with perseverance and prayer. That's a word passed on from my partner to you. 
So thank you. Thank you, Aida Rashid, for that reminder from overseas and for sharing a little bit of your story with us. Aida's work can be found at preservinglegacy.online. Again, that's the word preserving, the word legacy.online, not .com. Aida is constantly working, producing films and photos. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. Her name is spelled Aida, A-I-D-A-H, Rashid, R-A-S-H-E-E-D. This episode was produced by Marisol Medina Cadena. Chris Hambrick is our editor. Christopher Beal engineered this episode. Rice Stottenborough is our engagement intern. Cesar Saldana and Rhea Gerwal are the engagement leads. The KQED execs that make this all possible are Ethan Tobin-Lindsay, Jen Chin, and Holly Kernan. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. This is the second episode in our Pins Pal series. Thank you all for taking this trip with us. More to come. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Funding for Right Nowish comes from Akhenati Foundation, supporting the development of powerful social change movements to eliminate structural racism. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.